I kind of like want people to understand like how important it is that you have like that core inner belief of like I can do this like I can do this I have to do this Welcome to this Industry Life podcast. Um, I'm your host, Brandon Haskell. And I'm your co-host, Anthony Wilson. And I'm your producer, Katie Garland-Noble. Today is the last segment of our three-episode introduction to your host. So this week, we're going to do Katie. Um, If you go back a week before this, we did Anthony. And then a week before that, we did myself. So hopefully by the end of this episode, you get to know all of your hosts and yeah now we can know each other and we can move on to new people and Mm -hmm. new discussions yeah very exciting yeah so today is katie garland noble and so to start off this podcast i guess I'll start by asking Katie, uh, where did you, I guess, just talk about your upbringing. Where, where'd you come from and how did you get to the point where you are now? I grew up kind of all over the place. I was born in Illinois and then I lived in St. Louis and then I lived in California and then I lived in Paris, France and I've lived in London and New York City and Australia and I've lived wow, a lot of places. Wow, what? I had no idea <laughs> about any of this. I'm already mind blown. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, so I moved around a lot as a kid, um, but I definitely always wanted to be a writer probably first and foremost and then I I also love acting so I wanted to act too and yeah that's sort of my the quick version of my background <laughs> what did you uh because you just recently have gotten into film though haven't you I've actually been doing film a really long time. This is something that I kind of wanted to talk about on the podcast, even though it's like super scary for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing film for a super long time. I went to acting school. I went to screenwriting school. I did everything. Um, but really, truly deep down, I didn't believe in myself and I didn't think I could do it. Um, so I actually gave up on film. Um, I actually got a desk job. I, I was an office manager at a doctor's office and I hated it. I hated getting up every morning. I hated going to work. I mean, I loved the patients. I worked with all these old people and I, I loved them. And, um, I was listening to Anthony's episode the other day and it was kind of like resonating with me cause I, I, I got so many stories from those people. Like they were like they were World War II veterans. They were like old people with dementia. They were like just some like amazing, like sometimes hilarious, sometimes heartbreaking stories. So I gathered like so much from all that. Um, but I was super miserable and I I couldn't do it anymore. Um and so like actually Gareth, my best friend who we will have on the on the podcast, um he got me this screenwriting job. He was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you are supposed to be a writer. Like, what are you doing? And, um, yeah, so that kind of, like, I got to know um, this investor who I ended up, like, writing his life story, and it's really beautiful. And then that sort of propelled me back into this whole world. And 
now I know that I can't do anything else. Like now I believe in myself and I, I kind of like want people to understand like how important it is that you have like that core inner belief of like, Mm -hmm. I can do this. Like I can do this. I have to do this. Um, because like we all have fears and we all have like insecurities and like, that's part of life, but we just have to like tell them to shut up. You know what I mean? Like they're just, they're just thoughts and they're not real. And if you can find it in yourself, like that conviction, like, and just go after it with all of your soul, like absolutely amazing things happen, but you have to like really believe in it. And yeah, so I was scared to share that, but I also wanted to, for people out there to understand that it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've done or you haven't done or um, it's just that if you have a dream or a passion, you just have to believe in it and go for it and things will work out. Yeah. Amazing. Um, that reminds me of a quote that I had picked out for today and I think it fits perfectly now. And the quote is from a Hollywood roundtable and it's the producer of Ford vs. Ferrari. And he says, in a world of complete subjectivity, your gut is the one thing you know objectively. Mm-mm-mm. That's beautiful. I love. Mm-mm. Yeah, that one is so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you sent me that today, and yeah, it's already had a profound effect on me. It's so true. I love that. Yeah, I love that. What do you think about it, Katie? Do you do you agree with it? Or, I mean, yeah, I do. I think like we all have like that inner gut, like. I remember on Anthony's episode, you said like from when you were a little kid, like you knew you wanted to do film. And from when I was so little, I knew I wanted to do like write and be an actress. Like I just knew it. And, and it's kind of amazing how when we're young, like we know those things and it's so like, it's so clear. And then somehow when we get older, um, we can let things or people, things people say like, you know, we can let it get us down and and we don't have to, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that um, it's natural to a certain extent. But that's why I admire you guys so much. Like you guys just have stayed so true to your past. And I really like hope that, you know, you guys, I know you guys will like inspire listeners to just be like, no, like, this is what my gut says. My gut says this is why I'm here. So I'm gonna freaking do Mm -hmm. this. But Mm -hmm. maybe I'll be able to inspire people too because I did quote unquote give up but it's something that I thought about every single day every single day every every lunch break every like you know uh when I got off work and I was like smoking a cigarette I was just like I know this is not what I'm supposed to be doing like I know it and and once I finally like pursued that path like there's there's so much joy and so many like amazing things and amazing people that are to be like discovered once you once you commit at that level Mm -hmm. I think as a filmmaker we have I think every filmmaker has vulnerability and I think we have to rely on our passion to overcome that vulnerability and Mm -hmm. if you keep living your your life and your filmmaking career where you're letting the vulnerabilities take over your passion, mm. it's going to be really, really hard to succeed. That's interesting. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I agree. So you worked at a doctor's office, got a screenwriting yes. gig, 
And now after that screenwriting gig, you decided to act again or did you do more producing after that? Just to just to put it out there because it was it's kind of funny. I worked for a foot doctor. Oh, okay. <laughs> I worked for a podiatrist, so I know like so many weird like foot conditions. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> if people if people have any feet issues, they can uh, hit me up. Yeah, D- DM <laughs> Katie Garland Noble. Yeah, yeah. No, please don't. Actually, I've seen it all. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that's a weird. It's like a weird thing to DM about. Like, <laughs> no, people do that. Like people in my family used to start like like sending me like their blisters and stuff. Oh my <laughs> god, I'm sorry. I know. I had to go through <laughs> that. Like, oh, maybe you should just call your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah. So then I. It's kind of a long story of how it happened, but I ended up producing Gareth's next movie, which is called The One You Feed. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do my movie. Obviously, every screenwriter does. You know, you always want to do your movie. But Gareth was... Um, and I mean, that's one thing I really admire about Gareth, too, is that he's always so committed and he's so, like, laser-focused. So... I would bring out my movie and be like, nope, I'm doing the one you feed. I'm doing the one you feed. We're doing the one you feed. And I was like, okay. Um, So he sort of convinced me to uh, do the one you feed. And we got the financing and it's like, you can do this. And uh, Anthony is my witness. There were some (laughs) tough early days. I did not know what the hell I was doing. Um, Anthony was like, oh my god like seriously saved me so did Brandon like every second of the way um you know I kind of really leaned on Anthony and Heather who we'll have on the show and they you guys were both so kind you guys were both so just like uh compassionate like oh wow it's okay she's just green it's okay you know she doesn't really get this yet but people have to eat every mm-hmm. two seconds oh, yeah, the, the- it was the craft thing yeah i remember that what what was i just yeah i remember there was just like not enough food or something it was just something sorry was, i don't know if- <laughs> no no i what it's it's they're funny stories yeah um literally <laughs> gareth was like oh yeah just like people just need like bagels and coffee and like i think that's it and i was like oh okay like i had no <laughs> idea what a like you know big ordeal i mean i admire craft services people yeah. like my god like that's like a whole job like now i know well, that's a whole job once you once you knew how much we all really needed then you like took it to a whole nother level for, like you made it work with you know the low budget feature we were on like you still made the craft so like we had iced coffee we had just good breakfast options every morning like i think there was a dinner and a lunch and like yeah, I feel like everyone like loved the craft. I feel like everyone was coming in for iced coffees all the time, and you know, it was fun. We, we had it certain was... things for people. Like Sam loved Lacroix, so we made sure we had a lot of Lacroix. <laughs> like, yeah, we did. Yeah. I know Anthony was so awesome too. Like he'd be out there. It was hot as hell out there. Like it was like uh, September. But like in the like practically in like the desert, and Anthony would be like bringing nice coffees, and he'd be like uh, to like all the crew, and he'd be like, "Oh, I, I think uh, this person likes milk, and they like it black." And like you knew everybody's <laughs> like ice coffee preferences. Yeah. But yeah, 
we definitely got it down like and and like yeah we worked as a team and anthony was just honestly like i i don't know what i wouldn't have would have done like other people would have probably just i don't know they might have like walked off set but you know you guys were so sweet to me and i've like made the best friends out of this whole thing and um yeah and i realized i really like producing it's a hell of a lot of fun so uh i'm you know getting the hang of it (laughs) yeah sure you're handling i mean you were the line producer too and just the overall producer and I mean, for someone who's just getting started to tackle all those jobs is just insane. But I mean, you're giving us all these kudos, but like we got to give kudos to you because you were it ended up being a really good shoot. And, um, you know, you have a lot to do with that. So um, thank you. Well, part of it is probably because I did do things like like kind of like off the cuff. And I think people were probably taken off guard, but they also, it made it a pretty fun, like mellow shoot, like from every, all the feedback I've gotten, like everyone's like, Oh, it's the best like shoot I've ever been on once they had their, you know, water mm-hmm. and iced coffee. <laughs> you know, <the> necessities. <laughs> um, so I think, I think it sort of in a weird way helped that I was like, so like, ah, cool man. Yeah. You know, like I'm not some cutthroat producer in the slightest. And I, never will be but yeah um yeah that was i've been on a lot of lower budget shoots and but the one you feed in particular it didn't seem like the money was ever uh a drawback or a topic of discussion so true and when you would go to set it was so mellow everybody was doing their job no matter how much they were being paid and i it was just a great atmosphere and i don't think that's the first time I ever experienced that on a lower budget level. Yeah, I agree. I it didn't feel, I know what you mean. Like it didn't feel, I feel like when you're on low budget sets, you there's that feeling that you're on a low budget set mm-hmm. by what you're getting paid, what you're eating, just like the overall stigma of how people are behaving because they're getting underpaid or whatever it is, which we weren't underpaid. Like we were paid the right amount, but I'm just saying like, yeah, it just never seemed money was an issue and you did a really good job as a producer because I think as a producer, it's easy to say no a lot and you would always try to find a way to make it work. Um, and I think that's, I think that was, I don't know, I don't know producing too well, but I feel like that's a good quality in a producers because I feel like they can say no a lot, but um, obviously a DP needs this or a PA wants this and I feel like we you got to accommodate everybody and obviously there's times where you have to say no, but I love that you always tried to make it work at first and um, would always find a way, I I feel like. Thank you. I I like, I like my people to be happy. I think um, the work that everybody does on set, I mean, I don't care what job you have. It's fucking grueling. I mean, like, like I had a guy that quit after like two days because he was like, you know, green. And he was just like, I didn't know this is what went into making a movie, you know, like, every single person on set you're there because you freaking love it you know and you wouldn't want to be anywhere else no matter like you said Anthony what you're getting paid or not getting paid it's because like this is like going back to your gut like this is in your gut like this is in your blood like there's literally nowhere else you'd rather be and I think that's what's been hard for a lot of us during like quarantine because I mean, so many people have just like texted me or, you know, messaged me like, I just want to be back on set with everyone. Like Mm -hmm. we just, you know, it's like you, you love that like atmosphere. And, um, but yeah, I just like to make people happy in general 
probably sometimes to a fault, but I, I also want to make sure everyone has what they need. And once I understood like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And also I just think guys eat like so much more than girls. So I probably just realized <laughs> like, Oh wow. Okay. These guys just need to eat more. No, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, so doing your first feature and now you're moving on to multiple new features. Yes. What, uh, besides feeding people properly, what else, <laughs> what else did you learn from the one you feed that you would take to your other movies? Excellent question. Uh, definitely, definitely will have a line producer in the future. Absolutely. 100% like super critical. Um, I pulled it off, but yeah, I think that, you know, it will just be such a breath of fresh air to not have to worry about that because there were days I would be to Anthony be like dude I'm sorry I gotta go like look at the freaking numbers mm -hmm. like I just have to you know and he'd have to hold down the fort while I was like crunching numbers back at the Airbnb or whatever so yeah I think just having the line producer is super important and um yeah I mean I don't know uh what else I think there's so many things like there's probably like a million things I'll do differently but at the same time I want to keep it simple like I like the crew we have I like like small crews I like you know family atmosphere and yeah I, I want to kind of more or less replicate what we have just because it worked and we had so much fun and mm -hmm. like yeah I guess if it's not broken don't fix it or whatever yeah I couldn't agree more with that um um, I actually have a question. Um, I think I know what a producer does, but just for the listeners or anyone who doesn't know, because sometimes I feel like I don't know, um, but a producer is involved through development, through pre-production, through production, through post-production, and even through the marketing process. So I feel like that's why I don't know sometimes, because I feel like they do so much. So I'm always curious what they actually, you know, if you want to talk about what you do from the start of a, a movie, whether it's, you know, the development process or pre-production to the end of it, once it's shot and the post is done, like, what do you, what is in your definition, what do you do as a producer? This is a really good question. There's so much to it. Like, and I really had no idea. Luckily I love pretty much every second of it, which is why I discovered I'm really good at it. But yes, it's pre-production budgeting. I mean, uh, you know, you're always on the freaking phone. You're always talking to somebody somewhere, coordinating this, that, and the other. Um, yeah, and you guys have taught me how important pre-production is, which is just, yeah, obviously, first and foremost, you know, you need a script, and then you need to crunch your numbers, and then you have to find locations, which I really love. I love finding locations. It's so much fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like to scout locations and then, you know, one thing, I think it was, I think it was, was it Roger Corman or it might've been Roger Corman or someone I heard recently on a podcast that said, um, make sure that you have the location secured before you show the director before he falls in love with it. He or she falls in love mm -hmm. with it. Um, so yeah, definitely. I love scouting. I love, um, yeah. And then, you know, all that involved securing the locations, which, you know, what okay, location is, is just like, if you're going to shoot in, it, in a bar, you make sure you can use the bar and, 
Um, and then I love casting too, although I wasn't really a part of it in the one you feed, but definitely for the next feature, I, I love casting. I always have. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, again, like there's sets, there's costumes, there's everything that you see in a movie or you don't see, like there's just a million billion little tiny, you know, minuscule things that go into it that are just so critical. Um, and I guess it probably depends on the director of how specific they are, but, and maybe how involved the producer is, but I, I tend to be fairly involved in all that. Um, yeah. And then getting all the camera equipment, all the lenses, all the everything you, the lights, the genie, I mean, and scheduling with the actors, like when so-and-so comes on what day and scheduling i mean it's literally like everything it's kind of funny going back to me being an office manager it's like it's like you're an office manager of a movie so that's like <laughs> that's like what i discovered i'm like oh this is kind of like working at for the foot doctor except just on a movie set and it's way cooler right um, so it's kind of like, it definitely requires a lot of like attention to detail. It requires a lot of, uh, communication skills. I think you have to love people and talking to people and, you know, shooting the shit and also like cutting through the bullshit. And, um, yeah, so there, that's all like pre-production and you get to set. And I feel like once I'm on set, as long as I have things like super organized, like once Anthony like got me like to this like amazing like place, I feel like it can go like pretty smoothly if you are super prepared. Um, and yeah, I definitely learned that from Anthony um, and from Heather of just being like at least two days ahead of everyone else, you know, like at mm -hmm. least two days ahead. And, and again, it's so funny that I'm, I've never like connected these dots, but it's like for the foot doctor, I used to always like do the scheduling, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So you always have to be like weeks or months ahead. And it's, it's like the same exact thing except for a movie. Right. Um, so yeah. So once you're on set, it can, it's pretty smooth. If, if you have all like everything planned, like, you know, correctly. And then of course the rap party, which is the most <laughs> important thing ever. <laughs> And that's the funnest part. And then, yeah, post-production is honestly, it's probably most people's least favorite part. Um, a lot of the time, I think you just don't want to even look at it or think about it. But it's like this, um, oh, my God, I'm comparing everything to the foot doctor tonight. Okay. <laughs> it's like when you have a surgery and, okay, you get the surgery and then you're just like, fuck this fucking foot man it's got a fucking like you know i got a cut in it and like there's still like i still have to have my you know sutures removed and i just want to be done with it but i can't like put any weight on it like it's like the exact same thing for a movie like you have you want to just be done with it and not look at it again but there's so much more to do um there's you know adr which uh audio dialogue i don't know the, what the r stands for recording i think recording probably yeah i think so i don't know um, i yeah, don't know either. i actually have no idea not my department <laughs> uh adr editing i mean uh the list goes on and on and on um and then for distribution it's a whole nother can of worms right yeah 
Um, but again, you just have to, you kind of have to have just like this passion for it and just be like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm, I'm riding this horse to the finish line. Like, I don't fucking care, you know, I'm still going. So yeah, that's, that was really long winded, but that's no. what it's like to be a producer. Sorry. It was a long question too. I asked you about <laughs> five different phases of filmmaking. So yeah, there's no. so many phases and yeah. Brandon, you can cut that out. You can cut, cut the, <laughs> no. cut it's the perfect. highlights. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, perfect. what a producer does is long winded. I mean, they just never, yeah. they never stop. <laughs> they never stop doing their job. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yes. So exactly. now that you're a producer, you're a certified producer, <laughs> like what, as a producer, um, in the development process, what kind of stories are you looking for? Like what are you, what catches your, your attention when you read scripts from your friends or just people like, what do you want to produce? So for me personally, I guess my ultimate dream is to be at a point in my career where I can tell stories that historically have not been told um so stories about female protagonists stories about um different cultures different um ethnicities races religions whatever that's sort of my ultimate dream um is yeah to be able to tell those stories that i feel like um in the past you know maybe like 10, 15, five years ago weren't being told. Um, but at the same time, in, in the next breath, I also say if someone comes to me with a script like Anthony's, then I will green light it in a heartbeat because it's so good. So I, <laughs> I just want to tell beautiful stories, I think, at the end of the day. Don't shine on me. This is, this is about you. Don't talk oh about me. Oh, my God. Me. <laughs> I know, but there's no other person that writes like you in L.A. that's I, I yeah well let's talk you're... about uh, thank you let's talk about you like you're also a really good writer you sent me uh what was it uh dragon no uh yeah, yeah dragonflies and uh, i was watching your old work pike and the bird and um <laughs> I, I i just i love the wit you have and you're yeah you're a very talented writer so i guess my next question is i don't know if it's the same thing as a producer but what inspires you as a writer what kind of stories do you do you want to tell those stories you mentioned um, that you want to produce too? Or um, what are you writing currently, maybe? Thank you, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, I'm writing a lot right now, actually. Um, Brandon and I have a really special that just came out <laughs> Special piece. Uh, a special called piece. Called a special piece. That's so beautiful. And um, actually... I'm writing with Gareth, like apparently we're writing his next feature. Um, so it's going really fast because that's how he works. He just freaking like it floods out of him. Um, so that story is really cool. And it's another LGBTQ um, blue is the warmest color type story. It's definitely takes the one you feed and um, yeah, it kind of goes way farther, which is hard to imagine <laughs> for, for those that don't know what the one you feed is about can you, do you mind just briefly telling the synopsis of it or we're in a five-story elevator go <laughs> lgbtq psychosexual thriller that's all you're getting wow <laughs> spot on ding 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 we're at level five <laughs> yeah. yeah so so the next one you guys are writing on you guys are digging a little deeper at that 
that subject or is it just similar themes, different story and not a thriller or yeah. What, what is, what's this new one you got going on? Yeah. Similar, similar theme in the sense that it's LGBTQ and it's very, um, you know, blue is the warmest color. If people mm-hmm. know that reference, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, cool. but yeah, but it's also really human and it's really beautiful. And yeah, Gareth is, I mean, he's an insanely talented storyteller. Like the first time before we ever met, he sent me this short that he wrote in like five minutes and it blew my mind and it, it, it had like won awards in South Africa. Like it's, he's, he's really like, honestly, like he's really good at the things. I know you don't want me to say this, Anthony, but the things that you're good at, which is the writing that I love, which is just really human. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, it's kind of like pared down it's European, but like, it's just really beautiful. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really cool story. So, yeah, we just weren't finding the scripts that, you know, were really calling to us. So Garrett just came up with a story actually with uh, with another friend. And so, yeah, we're just kind of rolling with it. Um, but, yeah, it's really beautiful. And then I have, yeah, Dragonflies is my series uh, that I've been writing. And it's kind of about being, I don't know, it's kind of like a girl focused entourage that's really gritty i would say awesome yeah i think that's a good way to describe it thank you and yeah and then i have a sci-fi story that i have to finish before i die (laughs) (laughs) katie the bright shining star you are and the ball positivity you are how do you stay so positive in an industry where you can easily get jaded and easily turn into a negative person like how do you stay so positive and optimistic with also remaining realistic too because in the film industry (laughs) i feel like you should be realistic too but you're also just you're just always positive so how do you how do you do that (laughs) thank you talk about melting my heart and making me so happy (laughs) coming from you guys that means everything because part of my joy in life is just making you guys happy and smile and I really mean that (laughs) um (laughs) so I do meditate I do this like chanting meditation thing I Mm -hmm. run with my dog I um I'm into some spiritual stuff you know like nothing nothing freaky but you know um just like yeah I do a lot of things to sort of keep my mind in the right place is what I will say um I I try to you know just not let my mind go anywhere except happy places and is that always possible no but I do maybe it's also because I do a perspective and I have done other things besides this and so I know that at the end of the day like I'm super blessed just be doing what Mm -hmm. I'm doing so I'm just like thank you God and universe like I'm super stoked how happy great answer by the way um definitely you know maybe I can pull some some things out of that for my own being um (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what is oh god I forgot my other question no it was okay looking back on where you were at the foot doctor office (laughs) and seeing where you're at now um how are you happy to finally be working 
in this dream industry that you've always wanted that you were thinking about every day at the the foot doctor like how does it feel just looking back on the foot doctor katie and now producer katie (laughs) such a good question and gareth reminds me of that a lot and i'm not the same person like i'm really not like i'm my life is 100% different in like every possible way for the best way possible. Um, have there been like difficulties? Yes, there have. Like there have been things that, you know, sometimes you have to make sacrifices for what you love. And so, you know, for me, that was that was my relationship and that was really, really, really hard. But at the same time, like, I know that this is what I have to do. And like Andrew, um, my soon to be ex-husband knows that he's on his right path. And like, so we're just so happy for each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, there've been difficult moments, but, uh, at the end of the day, yeah, it's, my life is 100% different. And like, that's why I just wake up like stoked because I'm just like wow I can't believe this is actually happening and I don't even know that was a different life that was a different universe and Mm -hmm. it doesn't even feel like me anymore at all would you still ever want to act or you just want to remain producer writer mainly I'm definitely going to act. I'm acting in the next feature. I wrote myself a role because I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm like kind of a bit part in the next feature. And then um, I haven't talked to Brandon about this. I want to play the mom in our movie. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> you're, I just sent you the my cast selection for that. And I'm sure you're like. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> <laughs> you're probably like. Nuh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well. <laughs> no, we'll see. I'll have a little. We'll see. I'll figure it Your out. Your audition tape. I mean, yeah. the way you've wrote it so far, you could play it. You're exactly the way you wrote it. So, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were really good in Pike and Bird, actually. Um, the little roles you had, the little role you had in there, the rock star chick. <laughs> Thank you. That's cool. <laughs> I loved I love acting. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I was like I feel like the character you're playing on Pike and Bird was how you were when I first met you. You're just like, Oh, hi Brandon <laughs> Like exactly <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's facts. You sent us some work and uh I think Pike and Bird was six years ago and I know it was filmed in Los Angeles. But you you never really lived in Los Angeles until recently. So what made you make that move to finally live here where all these productions are happening? Yeah, I just honestly for the one you feed, I absolutely had to be here. Like mm-hmm. it was just there were way too many fine details that I couldn't do it. Like I was going back and forth all the time. And so I just decided like I got I got to be here. And I love LA and I have so many friends here and so, yeah, it just was like a natural progression for me. Do you feel living here that you're closer to what you want to do here? Like, I mean, obviously, but um, do you feel like living a little further and having to make the commute kind of hindered you from the things you really wanted to do in the film industry out here? I mean, I think if you're a writer, you can pretty much work wherever. True. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you have probably if you have like representation or something like that, like you can probably like work from wherever, but for anyone else right now, I feel like it's really helpful to be here, but you know, there's film happening like in Canada, in New York and um, 
France, you know, I feel like wherever you are, you could probably make it work. Um, but at least for me, for, you know, the films, the independent films that I'm working on right now, and just being that like all my, all my people are here, it just makes sense. As a producer, what's your favorite part of making a movie? I know you said the rap party is a dope, is a dope <laughs> one, but what, like, what is it? Is it seeing, is it like screening it with everybody that worked hard on it? Or like, what is your favorite part my favorite part is just being on set i love being on set i love like being with all the people and i do love making sure everyone's happy to the best of my ability and um yeah just shooting the breeze i i love yeah it's so much fun i mean as a writer obviously i love writing and i love being alone in my little dungeon writing or <laughs> you know or if i'm acting like i love being on camera but with as a producer for sure i love just being on set with yeah. everyone uh where do you see yourself in five years as a person i see myself rich successful <laughs> and doing what i love making movies and making other people's dreams come true and mine as a producer writer what about what about that in five years or and an actor yeah for acting i would just love to just do movies for fun i have a i don't know if i've i've never i've almost never told anyone this i think i told one other person the other day my ultimate dream as an actress which shows you that i'm not like in it for an oscar or anything my ultimate dream is to play i can't believe i'm saying this is to play larry david's girlfriend <laughs> oh that's that's achievable i feel like on curb i don't know why yeah that's i literally like my epitome <laughs> what 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 i love um whoever has i mean he's had a couple it's the blonde girl i don't know if he's still with her. i haven't cheryl. watched cheryl yeah so what 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 about it that why do you want to do that so bad you just want to work with larry or i'm probably i'm probably like the biggest larry super fan like i've read his book that no one knows exists like i know way too much about him i i just i love him even though i think like he's probably like he's probably kind of like terrifying because like he'll probably cut you down at like every turn but like i just i just love him and i love the challenge because he retro scripts everything so mm -hmm. he doesn't like have a real script so to speak yeah um so i love like the chat and like that's how he uh auditions people for the show just you have yeah, you have to go and audition with La with La with Larry. And mm -hmm. so that would just be like a dream to be able to just like be in the moment, like yeah, with Larry. That's awesome. I don't know. That's I don't know so why. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just want that more than anything as an actress. Um and you know, Gareth, my best friend, he's, you know, obviously a very serious actor, so that's very offensive to some actors out there and I apologize. <laughs> but to me that's that's like everything I would ever want. <laughs> what about as a producer or writer in five years? I want to be a really big producer. Mm -hmm. And cool. as a writer, I want to just, I want to tell my stories. Like, obviously I want to do a special piece with Brandon. Um, the story with Gareth, like, I feel like I'm more of a conduit. I'm not like the actual, I, you know, I'm writing, I'm helping, but it's really him. That's the main writer. But um, yeah, I want to do a special piece. I want to do Dragonfly as my series. And then, yeah, my sci-fi movie, which is like, 
kind of why I ultimately think I'm here. I, I have mm. to do that story and it's, yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. So, but that's, uh, but then otherwise, yeah, just be like a very, very successful producer that can just green light things with like the blink of an eye. <laughs> that's what I want to be. <laughs> Love it. Do you have any mentors or if you don't have any mentors, do you have any like role models as a producer, writer, actor, like who, and it doesn't even have to be someone in the industry, but are there people that, you know, personally that mentor you or people that are in the industry that make movies that you look up to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's going to sound really cliched, but like Steven Spielberg, I think obviously is like unbelievable. Um, you know, especially as a producer, I think he's done some like very interesting things. Um, and I think his producing partner, Kathleen Kennedy is a total badass, like real, like, wow, what a, what a queen, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and as a writer, um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people I admire, um, I mean, I do have a mentor, actually. Uh, you know, I've had a couple. And I also kind of consider Gareth my mentor a lot of the times because he's just really, he's really, really knowledgeable and wise beyond his years. Um, but, yeah, one writer I really do admire is, um, well, it's a writing team, Matthew Furpo and uh, Ryan Furpo. And they're, like, doing amazing and, like, yeah, they're just doing incredibly well like as screenwriters um but they're, they're just like really 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 talented like there's not a whole lot of screenwriters where i read their scripts and my mind is blown you know so yeah yeah that's that's awesome what, what is something you do every day that benefits your career and it doesn't have to be in the end like you know what i mean um or you can just yeah answer that how do you how you'd like <laughs> <laughs> so I think that watching stuff every day is really beneficial. Um, I I was reading way more screenplays. I'm not right now, but mm -hmm. I do think reading scripts is really really beneficial. Do like you read first... sorry, do you read scripts that you of films that you really like that you've watched before, or do you like pick out a random script and you haven't even seen the film yet, or do you sometimes I read a script while I watch a movie I've seen before? Do you ever do that? Like what's what's your process with that? Oh, that's a cool idea. I've never done that. Um, I usually do it, yeah, like vice versa. Like I'll watch the movie and then I'll be like, oh, damn, like I want to read that script. Um, mm -hmm. And it's it's always like kind of interesting, like what is there and what's not there. Sure. And um, I kind of love that. What do you what do you seem to grab from reading screenplays? Because I know a lot of people do it and I do it sometimes, but um, I'm just I'm just I want to hear what people are grabbing from it because I feel like I'm. I like doing it, but I'm, I don't know. I don't know if it's my thing. So <laughs> I just want to know what you, what you seem to get from it. Well, I love writing in general. Yeah. Um, Brandon knows I'm kind of like a super freak about grammar and things. So sometimes <laughs> I can be a little brutal about the grammar with people. <laughs> sure. Sometimes I'm like, really? You want an Oscar? Really? <laughs> you should know better. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I do some screenwriters just blow my mind with how like poetic they are. I'm just like, oh my God, like, like honestly, like Ryan and Matt Furpo, like they're really freaking poetic. And it's like, 
I love this. Like, no one's going to know this except, like, the 10 people that read it. But, like, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then some writers are just, like, three words, da-da-da, da-da-da. It's like a haiku, but, like, they get it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I, I like it. <laughs> no, I, I was curious. That's awesome. So that is that something you do every day, just watching stuff and reading scripts, you think, and... I try uh-huh. to, yeah, I got to get better about my, I got my printer going again. So I got to get better about reading. <laughs> oh, you, you print out every single one. I'm, yes. I'm so old school. Like, I, I love always that, have to print it. Yeah. You're like the type of person that can't read like a book off a of Kindle. You have to have the physical. Yeah. I'm the same way. I just, I don't have like, I don't know, the, enough something... ink cartridges and yeah, <laughs> to be doing that. I wish I, I, I got I like that though. I feel like there's something so tangible about printing out a script where you feel like you're actually reading somebody's work. Yeah. Whereas if it's like in an email, it just seems like you're just reading an email. Like, right, right. It's like this sub thing. Um, yeah. I was listening to a roundtable of producers as well, and Ridley Scott was saying, and this was like in 2018, he still uses a fax machine when people send Hell him scripts yeah. because it, it's just. Yeah, he's, it's kind of like about the tangible thing and being able to just write mm-hmm. your notes on it. And it just, it's more meaningful. You're more engaged with the story, I feel like, when you have it out and when you're faxing it to somebody. You know, it's just so that maybe I need so to get a fax cool. machine. Oh my God. Fax machines are fantastic. Yeah, fax me your scripts <laughs> at eight, seven, six, <laughs> whatever, however that fax numbers work. <laughs> Um, but what is something you're trying to get better at as a, a writer? Just kind of talking about writing. Oh my God. That's a really good question. So, okay. One thing that I was going to say, which is kind of, kind of like going back to what I do every day. Um, I think we all like have stories that we tell ourselves. Um, so I think my story has been that I'm a struggling writer. I'm really like, mm-hmm. I just became aware of that. Mm-hmm. My story has been that I'm a struggling writer. So what I'm changing is actually that I'm a successful writer. I believe that I'm a successful writer. I believe that I'm here to write and that stories flow through me. And I've kind of been amazed at how it's been like transforming. Like it's mm-hmm. like, the stories we tell ourselves are pretty powerful and um, yeah, I'm becoming much more aware of that. I always find it very honorable when uh, people decide to make that step to where they stop calling themselves like I'm an aspiring filmmaker and then yeah. just get rid of that. And they're just like, yeah, I'm a director or I'm a cinematographer. It's crazy how like, much that changes the, the your path. Just yeah. simply dropping that. Just be who, you take it. be who you want to be. Yeah damn straight it's like everything honestly like it's so important and like i don't know if you want to keep this in brandon but like earlier just like you saying mm-hmm. like i was no, just gonna I'm mention gonna that PA. Mm-hmm. yeah like i'm not gonna pa anymore like do you hear me like i'm not freaking paing anymore like i'm in the camera department like i'm doing what i'm supposed to do and i don't know i'm just really learning how important that is like um because yeah, I I think for so long I didn't understand why I was struggling, and that it's like mm-hmm. well, obviously, because that's what I say every time I think about writing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, love it. Words of wisdom, for real. <laughs> <laughs> how do you go about building budgets? Like with how do you make a feature happen with the amount of money you guys had for the one you feed? Like. I feel like you guys did such an amazing job using every nook and cranny for the amount of money you had. And 
like we were saying before, it didn't feel like a low budget, you know, set. So how do you, you. I don't know, talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's a feat. (laughs) It's a a feat. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, you just honestly have to have a lot of really committed people. I mean, that's the bottom line. People like you guys, like Gareth, like Drew Harwood, the director, like Sam Ott, the cinematographer who did so much, so much like in post. I mean, just having people like that, that just like carry you when you're, you know, just at your, you know, with those last little dollars you're trying to make, you know, stretch. When you're selling anything, it doesn't matter if you're selling a ham sandwich, you know, if you're <laughs> passionate about it and you believe in what you have, yeah, then the right people will come. Right. So, like, you know, just have a lot of passion. Really, really, really believe in the product that you have. And, yeah, and then you'll you'll get there. Um, but also, you know, you can do a lot with, with not very much. So you can also, yeah, I I think a lot of money gets wasted in film and I'm not saying I don't want to be at that point where I have money to waste, but, um, going back to Roger Corman, I mean, he did so many features like for, very very small budgets um and you know now he's quite iconic for it but mm-hmm. yeah i mean you can achieve a lot and then yeah. you kind of just increase your profit margins because you didn't spend as much money right you can shoot on iphones you can if you got a good script and don't have the money but you, you still want to shoot it like you got to make it happen because you got sean baker who made tangerine with iphone fours and then you know and then he made florida project next which had you know willem dafoe and and yeah i think that's i think it's cool what you said just yeah <laughs> i was just gonna say i was watching this uh series that i will not name but they for their second season they got a ridiculous budget like absolutely ridiculous i think they got like 45 million dollars and it was so unnecessary and then it got canceled and like i just it's really good too so i was just like watching it at the end i was just i was sad i was like they could have literally done 10 seasons five seasons yeah they just they blew it all on that exactly so i just think you know sometimes spending less and i mean yeah again you just increase your profit margins so at the very least your investors are going to get their money back and then you're probably going to make a profit and then you're probably going to get to make more things so just kind of makes sense yeah i think uh like star wars when it first started it had a really low budget and they didn't know if they were even like going to make it because he couldn't sell it to anybody mm-hmm. and i wow. think that's what makes episode the very first episode ever made so perfect because of how imperfect it is and then over the years as star wars gets more and more and more and more money yeah. to where now they're getting 200 million dollar budgets i think it's lost like its soul mm. and i think that happens to a lot of like franchise movies yeah that's how i feel about stranger things the tv shows exactly i love the first season and then like like the high school had the perfect amount of kids in it and then like they and then they get a bunch of money in the second season apparently now there's just like so many more kids at the high school there's There's just like little things like that just like unnecessary because it's like a small town and now it looks like they're in 
I don't there's know. not just 11. There's actually one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, seven. yeah. Is that the Chicago <laughs> thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, God. Um, What do you, what qualities do you look for in people that makes you want to work with them? Oh, my God. That's an amazing question. Um, I really love people that are genuine. Honestly, I, I really do. I think... I think there's like way more genuine people out there than maybe people would think in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I love people that are authentic and I love people that are passionate and hardworking and, and honestly, like it does help to just have a sense of humor about it, you know, like going back to those, like, you're going to be on set like long ass days. Like you might Mm -hmm. as well, like, you know, make it, make it a good time. You know what I mean? Like why, you know, why be so serious? That's why I like, I hear so many stories about these like serious, serious producers. And I'm like, God, why do they have like a stick up their ass? Like you're Mm -hmm. doing like the coolest job in the world. Like we're so lucky, you know? So having a sense of humor is pretty important to me. I would say. (laughs) Love that. Three movies that you want to see in like the next month. Oh, good question. Um, oh my God. Gareth, oh shoot, this distributor guy keeps texting me. Uh, Gareth has so many movies that I need to watch um, that I have written down. I'm actually going to rewatch Kissing Jessica Stein. Um, I don't know. He wants me to rewatch it. I love that movie. I saw it a long time ago, though. Um, and then more, I mean, there's so, there's always like right. movies I want to see. Like, it's like there's so many. Well, so. you have to go. You got <clears throat> distributor stuff to do, so I feel like we I'm should just so let you sorry. go. No, I feel like this is a good way to end this because you are a producer <laughs> and you have to go do sh- distributor stuff. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh. Well. Uh. Um. So please find the link to Katie's Instagram in the show notes, and you can also find our email there if you have any questions or if you have any topics we would like to talk about. I think that's it. Yep. <laughs> That's everything. So right. thank you. Thank you for tuning in. That's all, folks. Y'all have a good one. Thanks, all right. guys. <laughs> See ya. Later. <laughs>